I, I think on the ballot measure, uh, I think the one to watch is is Prop One. Uh, as you mentioned, I think the governor put that out there and kind of left it there and didn't realize that while California is mostly a pro-choice state, um, there are things that people have limits on. Uh, you know, late-term abortions, you know, third trimester, literally with Prop 1, you know, the day before you have your baby, you can decide to have an abortion. And, and unlike now, where you would need to have your doctor's involvement with that, you don't need your doctor's involvement with that. I think that's too extreme for most people in California, even those that are pro-choice. Um, you know, the fact that today, without Prop 1, if you're a woman and you live in Alabama and you want to have an abortion and you can't have an Alabama, you can get on a Southwest flight and come to California and have an abortion here. Nothing prevents you from doing that. Well, you know, I think people look at it and say, well, now with Prop 1, I have to pay for her to do that. Why do, why do you take my tax money to pay her to come to, to California to pay to have her abortion in her aftercare and then send her home. And I think, again, that's just too extreme. Um, it Certainly they've spent enough money on it uh, that it should pass, but uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that it's a lock cinch the way some people might think. Well, I think, uh, it, you know, staying on that proposition, I, the, the other thing that caught me, my attention, because it's only 37 words. It's not, it's not a, it's not a long proposition is most of them, you know, they go and they say, you know, reference, you know, this law or so forth. This is just 37 words. And when you compare this pro proposition one to what our current law is, the thing that, like I said, really struck me is they changed the word woman. It's no longer woman to have an abortion. The fundamental right of a woman to have an abortion, that's been eliminated. It now says individual reproductive rights. And so, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine over at Stanford and they're like, well, that could that that right there, you know, because they've been looking at, at this particular proposition, that can raise a lot of a lot of concerns. And it's probably going to end up in the court system because if I, the individual, as as a man, decide that, you know, if I get someone pregnant and they decide they want to have an abortion, but I'd say no, I want to keep the child, or vice versa. Well, as I the individual, I have a fundamental right, and according to these 37 words, to either have an abortion or not have an abortion. And so at what point do my fundamental rights conflict with another individual's fundamental rights? And so, you know, whether so it's a woman, but because, it, because in, the, in the previous law, it said woman right. has the right, has a fundamental right to an abortion or not to an abortion. Mm -hmm. In this one, it says individual. Right. And so whose rights, who's, you know, whether you want to or not, I mean, whose rights are superior to the other person or if there isn't. And, and here's the thing is at the end of the day, it may end up going to the court and says, okay, the woman who's carrying the baby, her rights maybe are more superior or so forth, but it's going to go right back into the courts, mm -hmm. right? The same place where you had this whole, you know, this, this whole issue of Roe v. Wade and Dobbs case, you had it right back in the courts of where people don't want it to go to. Right. And so we're going to have more judges and you brought this up the other day, which I thought was genius about, um, you know, telling folks is like, you got to remember that Donald Trump appointed a lot of judges. Here. Oh, my he, God. Yeah. I mean, I just because it's California. I mean, he appointed 
I think nine judges on the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals up in San Francisco. So, you know, that's always been the haven to go to um, if you've got a liberal cause. You necessarily can't count on that anymore. But you're right. I mean, California is not, California has one of the most, if not the most, liberal abortion laws on the books right now, which, you know, if, if you're pro-life, you don't like. If you're pro-choice, it makes sense because it's reflective of the legislature and the governor, both Republican and Democrat that we've mm -hmm. had. So it is a, an, a, a proper reflection, I think, of, of the elected officials that pass the laws in the state. But it is one of the most liberal, if not the most liberal law in the land, uh, state law in the land. And so, you know, my question is, is, as someone who on occasion enjoys putting down a bet now and then, why do you go up to the table and roll the dice on something like that, which allows, um, if you're pro-choice, why do you roll the dice on something that has 37 words, like you said, that you take any smart lawyer or anybody with a law degree or anybody that watches court TV that you know decides to come up with some case and you have in perpetuity litigation taking place and who knows who you end up in front of and how that then gets translated in an appeal or something like that when you've got something in your hand right now that you know is the best that there is if if that's what your position is and that's what you believe that's why you know to me prop one is 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 a gimmick in terms of him launching himself onto the net. One of the things he's doing to launch himself onto the national stage, to set himself apart from other Democrats. And, you know, that's maybe that's a smart political move. But if you're pro-choice and you live in California, I mean, if you're pro-choice pro and you live in California, that's a pretty risky move because it will, you know, if it does pass, you want, I mean, let's just ask this question because I'm still a, a newcomer to California. All these people have seen initiatives in California out the wazoo. I mean, you know, the more ambiguous something is, the more something has holes in it, the better the chance that it gets overturned, that it gets challenged, that it gets litigated. And I would think that would be the last thing you'd want because you know you have something in your hand. It's like, you know, sitting at the blackjack table and you, you dealt 18, the deal is holding a six and you say, hit me. We call it back home in Rhode Island, Stunav. That's what that is. Not all there. Um, you know, that's that's why I think it's I think people really need to take a look at, at what they have in terms of what the law is right now. Well, and I think it's important to to let everyone who's who's watching or listening to us realize that even if you vote no, the you're you're still protected on the, on the, the California law, um, which does provide for the rights for a woman to have an abortion. Right. Um, but the, the other thing too, that struck me is, so you've got this law that right now has been in place. It's already been challenged in the courts. It's already gone through its whole process. Why not just make that the constitutional amendment? There you go. Why not just copy and paste and make that the constitutional amendment? Then, okay, everyone's protected. And now right. it's in the constitution. Right. Why go out and put 37 words? And the, the funny thing is that, you know, you listen to these constitutional lawyers on the yes side of proposition one and their argument is well this is kind of an aspirational thing 
this is, you know, right now we're going to let the legislature will end up making the determination. And it's like, it's like gentlemen and ladies and gentlemen, have you seen the other propositions like Prop 47 and 57 that dealt with crime? Hmm. That aspirational thing, that is your people busting in a Walmart and stealing stuff because while you may think it's aspirational, the details matter. Right. What it says matter. The releasing early of criminals who beat the hell out. I mean, there's this one guy who beat the hell out of his girlfriend. He ended up raping his, sodomizing his uh, 14-year-old niece and then gang raping some like 16-year-old teenager. Because of the way Proposition 57 was written, he got early out early, out of jail early. And the judge, you know, said, look, we don't want to get him out of jail, but this is the way the proposition was written. And this is, and this goes in, li in line with the proposition. Your intention may have been one thing, but this is actually the law. And that's, that's the hardest thing for people to understand, even reporters. And I, and I get, I mean, there, a lot of them, you know, they want to do this aspirational thing or this law, you know, it's going to, it's going to codify, you know, women's right um, for an abortion. It's not a woman's, it's an individual's, but at the same time, it's like the details matter. And, and you know this, I mean, I'm pro-choice and for me, it's just like, you look at this thing and it's like, okay, folks, you could have taken your existing law and you, and you could have codified plug it in. Okay. Just, it just, it, it doesn't make any sense. And, and you know, and you know, it would probably pass overwhelmingly. I mean, the, you know, the fact, and then you have like Hillary Clinton coming out two or three weeks ago, I guess it was in San Francisco to do a big thing. And, and, and it's just, you know, again, it's, it's, uh, it's a gamble. It's a huge gamble because once the litigation starts, you don't know where it ends and you don't know who it ends up in front of. Yeah. And with that kind of, you know, that's a pretty big risk when you have, um, like I said, if you're pro-choice, one of the best laws in the land to, to protect a woman's right to choose. Um, yeah. and, and that's, you know, that's the extremism that sometimes we deal with out here. Um, but fortunately in, you know, other places, um, it's, it's bread and butter. I mean, it's, it's what we talked about. And I think that's really where, where voters are right now.